Imagine if you went from feeling fine every day to feeling amazing. How would your life be different? Everyone has the ability to feel amazing again and again. You just need the right tools to get there. If you're ready to feel amazing, stick around. Now, here's the host of the I'm Not Fine Show with functional nutrition coach, Lizzie Enns. Welcome back, everyone. We are back again for another phenomenal episode today. I am so incredibly stoked for this conversation today. I met this amazing and wonderful woman, Britt Mocken. Am I saying that right? Mocken? Mon, really close. Mon, Mon. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm confusing the, the G in there. Britt Mon. <laughs> we actually met through a mutual friend of ours. He introduced us. And we just hit it off. Like we literally got on a on a Zoom call and we're like, what are we supposed to do here? Like what, what's happening? Like, what's, what's the intention of this? And I was like, we're just gonna get to know each other. And it was amazing. Like we talked for an entire hour while we're like walking on our treadmills. And um, and so I said, you know what, Britt, like I need you to come on the show because you shared a lot of things with your health journey. Like we both have some similarities in our background. I know you were in CrossFit. And so Brett is a registered dietitian, has a background in CrossFit, and now helps people in the online coaching field as a registered dietitian, but also with your training background, Brett. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because I'm not going to get into any of the things that you shared with me uh, as far as like the health challenges that you've gone through. But same as me, you yourself have gone through some really intense health challenges and I want to bring you in and allow the listeners here to get to know you, your story and your challenges and then things that you've done to help you in this healing journey and how difficult that was but also how rewarding it was and I really really like what you shared before as far as going from you know focusing on that physique and how we want to look and how we want to appear to all of a sudden being like wait a minute there's more to this I went through the same thing so Britt welcome to the show I'm super excited to have you here thank you by the way and uh tell us uh, our listeners like who you are and all of it yeah. So as you said, I'm a dietitian. That's what I went to school for. Um, and it was well before I even really understood what I was getting into. I just, I loved the idea of health and nutrition and I, that got me uh, exposure to the clinical side of dietetics. But I realized quickly that there was so much more than what was happening in the hospital setting. And so that's really kind of where I went more of the, you know, helping the weekend warrior and helping everyone want to, you know, get healthy habits and longevity and like do things that are going to help you throughout your life before you get to the hospital, before you have to get to that phase. Um, and of course, it's come full circle, you know, now all the things I've learned through this process after being a dietitian. Um, but I went to school at NYU, studied dietetics, did my internship at LA County Hospital, which was wild. Um, and then oh gosh, um, I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. It was like, while wow, they were changing from the old facility, to the new one. And it was like, I think it was general hospital. There was some soap opera that was filmed there. It was wild. Um, but it was so crazy. Cause you were just thrown into the fire. Like they needed support and you just had to go for it. It was, wasn't as much of a like watch and learn versus just do, you know? Mm. So that was really cool. Um, but in college, it was funny. That was my first exposure to lifting. 
into like fitness because someone found me at like a library and they're like, you should be a rower. And like, not to get on a tangent, but it was funny. Like when I started lifting, I'm like, that's what I was made to do because I wasn't into team sports in high school. Like I had no business like playing soccer or base. I just didn't get it. I don't know, but lifting I got. So um, I fell in love with it. Then I got into CrossFit, like you said, started coaching. But like the day I got my level one cert, I got pregnant, I think, <laughs> or somewhere in the same timeline. So I was always like the pregnant coach. Um, and so for pretty much my whole CrossFit career, I was pregnant. Um, and then, um, yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, I worked at Lululemon for a time for a minute there. Love that too. So dabbled in lots of different ways of exercise and fitness, um, but then had my three babies huge deal. Like I had three in five years, I think. So that's huge. Yeah. Um, and so then it was like, how can I keep what I love still coach, but make it work with having kids. Um, and so now I I coach full time and of course zoom has been, you know, phenomenal in that effort. Yeah. That's why we, that's why we live in, uh, spandex athleisure wear and, uh, walking treadmills. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was hard for me to get dressed today because I was like, all I have is spandex. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that about um, you had no business in sports, but like the the minute someone like introduced you to weightlifting and they're like, you should be a rower, like that's actually what happened to me. So I got introduced to running. I used to clean house for this lady that was a marathon runner, and she's like, Lizzie, you should you should join me and. In running and I was like all right great that's easy I don't there's not that much um heart not much learning to do the running like you obviously like if you want to run long distance like there's things that you do need to know as far as proper form and that kind of stuff but it, it was pretty easy for me and so I I got into running before I got into lifting and I ran my first half marathon and I was like oh that was easy like I ran my first half marathon in like hour and 50 and I was like well that was easy so I like signed up for a full marathon I know and she was mad because I beat her and we both (laughs) ran that and she's like god what are you doing I was like I'm sorry I just went for it and I was I didn't really have any trouble but then I ran a full marathon and I was like I will never ever ever do that again And, (laughs) and then after that um I I moved out west and I was, I had always wanted to do personal training, but I, in Ohio where I lived, I, it was very far and online wasn't really a thing back then. And yeah. so I didn't really have access to it in the location I was at. So when I moved to Arizona, I like started fresh. And that was the time where I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to training school. And that was, I had been in gyms before, but I wasn't taught anything about like proper training and lifting. I didn't really know mechanics and any of those things about the body. I went yeah. to training school for six months and I just like soaked everything up. I like instantly fell in love with the science of the body, how the body functions, and then pushing my body in a way like there was there was like a group of us girls that were in a class and I was always the strongest one because I competed with myself And so all the other girls are like, how the heck are you doing that? Like they would try to like compete with me and try to like, you know, get to my one RM squat and stuff. And I'm like, you're not beating me because next week I'm going higher. And so I was always the lead, but like my body, I watched my body going from a runner's body to a completely transformed body in a way where I was like, I didn't even know this was possible. Yeah. So I I feel like I have asked. 
I ha it's funny because I go through sort of these phases of like I'm really into one particular sport or one particular you know thing, and I've shifted from CrossFit more into bodybuilding physique stuff. And then now I've fallen in love with running again because I had ran marathons in the past too. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, it's very different after three kids and I'm older now, but <laughs> so <laughs> I'm running now too. And I'm like, now I have that like identity crisis of like, well, I've, get, I've spent all this time building muscle and now I want to run, but now I'm like a heavier runner. So it's, it's yeah. always yeah so so walk us through like I know you've had your own you know health challenges so let's dive into some of that because you've gone from hey physique physique like CrossFit is like when you're hardcore in CrossFit like is it true that in cross I, I've never been a fan of CrossFit never really been my thing um but I've been to CrossFit competitions and I've seen like how people work out and to me what I saw wasn't safe in my head. Like, I'm just like, mm. that's not like realistic and safe. And there was actually yeah. a chiropractor I used to visit. And he's like, no, CrossFit keeps me in business because they all shoot shoot their <laughs> nervous system. And I'm like, no, that makes sense. So anyway, I, I'm curious what, what your experience was because obviously you were a CrossFit coach. And I think that there's ways that you can do it really smart. But I also yeah. think there's ways that, that is not smart. So what, what was your yeah. experience? Yeah. I mean, I think as with anything, any discipline, the coach matters, you know, is, is the coach well-trained to understand form and functionality? Are they able to spot when there's deficiencies in your ankle mobility, for example, or how you're loading a deadlift, how you're loading a squat? I think what happens often with most of us um, in a setting like that is there's poor movement patterns to begin with yeah, and they never get addressed because it's hard to see those things as a coach. And it's hard unless you really know. And I still am learning how to address those things, even how to tell someone, how to cue someone to change something in a movement. So I think it's a coach's job is pretty like, you know, you're in a high risk environment, essentially lifting heavy weights, um, doing compound movements. So you're deadlift squats, clean snatches. Um, and so I think the coach is really key. Can they help someone really figure out form and function first and technique? Um, and then past that, are they willing to go lighter to get the movement pattern right first before they load it? And I think that's the problem is like you get so excited and the community is so amazing, which is why people love CrossFit and mm -hmm. stay with it. Yeah. And yeah. like just amped up, just thinking like, let's do Fran, if you know what that is. And like, you just yeah. get butterflies thinking about it. It's like, it's like, I've learned to like, I'm done with that feeling, but it's a really cool one when you're in it. Um, but yeah, so you get excited and that whole kind of dynamic gets you excited to push harder, which is great, but that's what can lead to injury is where you end up going heavier than you should have, or you're doing stuff against this clock, right? And so the intensity is there, but then you're lifting pretty heavy weights in pretty difficult positions. And that's where you start to see form get wild. And that's where injuries start to happen. The other piece too, it's like, I think the snatch and the clean and jerk are crazy cool movements. I don't know that I've had to use something like a snatch in my real world, like applications, <laughs> so like, like that movement, like overhead squats are really challenging for most oh people like to really load. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And even I've lost a lot of my like mobility to do that work. So it's like, I have to go super light to start. So anyways, those typically are the movements where your chiropractor friend or PT friend, you know, gets most of the work is those rotator cuffs, like the shoulder injuries. Yeah. You know? yeah so that's, for me, um, I think back to, it's the same with, with any other kind of training, like hit training. 
Um, I did hit training for years. I was addicted to it. Um, yeah. it's like I got my burn. Um, but I, when I was in training school for those six months, I actually created overtraining. Um, yeah. I, I was so competitive with myself. I didn't care about competing with everybody else. I was so competitive with myself that I would push myself beyond what my body was actually able to really do long-term is yeah. I remember like walking into uh we did a circuit training one day because we were learning how to like do circuit training and and lead a group class and stuff like that and I ended up getting like super nauseous and pale and my instructor comes over to me and she's like Lizzie you're out like you cannot you're you've overtrained and your body is beyond exhaustion and yeah. I thought I was going to pass out. So he like brought me some orange juice and I was like, I don't want orange juice. And he's like, you need to, you need <laughs> to drink orange juice right now because you yeah. need to get, you need to get everything out real quick. And so he like, he yeah. just like looked at my entire face and my body and he goes, yeah, you can't be in the gym for at least a week. And I was like, what? And he's like, no, you need to go home and you're going to rest all weekend. And maybe you're allowed to work out next week when you come back. And so yeah. it took me about a week to like feel okay. So with that being said, I think it's just true for any kind of, of exercise like that. It, it's, it's the dose that matters too. And yeah. so eventually if you do that over and over and over, you're going to have a shot nervous system. And that's what can really lead into adrenal fatigue and, and other health issues. If you're a maniac like I was and, yeah. and, and it like leads to that. So I'm sure you saw that in CrossFit too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny cause it's, you would label CrossFit as really intense, but I mean, you could go to an orange three class or a Barry's camp, and that could be just as intense to anyone else. And I think it's important to understand like, what are your goals first, you know, in trying to figure out what program you should do and then understanding like lighter weight with a ton, a ton of reps with a timer. And then like, it's just, I, that to me is sort of sometimes a recipe for some injury because you're just like, yeah, just doing so many of the same reps over and over again, you know, and then you pair that with, I'm sure we'll get into it. Maybe not eating enough, maybe not eating yeah. enough before, maybe not recovering enough. Mm -hmm. And then you just like, there we go. You know, Yep, there you go. <laughs> uh, great, great point. Cause that's what I want to get into. I want to get into, um, not eating enough and how that can then lead into specific health issues, which um, you had your own challenges. And I really want to dive into that. So we're going to go to our first break here. But when we come back, Britt, I want you to dive into a little bit of that and what you're seeing, because I know what I'm seeing with my, with my clients, but I want to hear like what you're seeing with your clients and specifically women too. And then I want to dive into some of these health issues that you've gone to that has shifted you from that physique aspect of things. I mean, you look amazing and you're, you're a powerhouse, but you have shifted how, what you're focusing on. And I want you to transition from that and talk about the longevity part of things. So guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back to continue this conversation. I'm Lizzie Anz, your host on the I'm Not Fine Show. We often get used to just feeling fine instead of reaching to feel excellent or even good. Wellness is about feeling good, and that is a journey of continually coming back to what is nourishing and healing for us. Your body is functional and ever-changing, like a pendulum swinging. We must learn how to move with our bodies. 
tuning into I'm Not Fine with functional nutrition coach Lizzie Enns will provide you with simple but effective tools that you can use right away so you can go from feeling just fine to feeling amazing. Listen for I'm Not Fine on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is I'm Not Fine with Lizzie Enns. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to lizzie at undietyourself.live. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We are having a phenomenal conversation here, and I'm honestly so incredibly stoked to continue this conversation. Britt, before we continue on talking about this, um, before we get into the show too far, I, I actually want you to tell people where they can find you, because I want people to know, hey, do you have a website? Do you have social media? Like, where can people find you? So if they are someone that resonates with what you've gone through or what you are doing, I want them to be able to reach out to you. So where is that, Britt, where they can reach out to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm primarily on social media. So it's on um, Instagram. It's Britmon RD. So M-A-U-G-H-A-N-R-D. Yeah. Not the G in there. <laughs> there is a G. It, it's, no, they're yeah. not supposed to say the G. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like Vince Vaughn. You just sit silent. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. That's, <laughs> um, and Facebook. You're on Facebook too. I am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Well, you guys, if you're tuning in and, and you love this, go look her up, follow her on social. And um, but now what we want to do is dive into what we were just talking about before the break is under eating and then the challenges that that can lead into. So, Britt, take it away. Yeah. So um, in terms of under eating, you know, I, I think diet culture has really messed things up for us <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, and so I think a lot of us, especially women, you know, when you're like, I'm ready to get healthy, I'm ready to like take care of my body, you immediately go right into, I'm going to go into a deficit, I'm going to diet, I'm going to take away food, I'm going to eat less, and top it off, I'm going to work out harder, <laughs> because you're motivated and you want results, right? And so, you know, we get in this cycle where we do that for a time, um, and maybe we get some results. Maybe we get, you know, like after 30 days, or maybe if we're able to stick to our program that we've set forth, we get more results. But there becomes a point where we either get tapped out and we start to see things decline, either from our bodies or just our energy, our ability to stick to the program, um, or, you know, we plateau. We no longer see any results, you know. So um, I think there's something, you know, missing when we immediately go into, I need to diet, I need to take away 
things or eat less to get results when there's so many more things we can look at first before we even have to go into a deficit. So beyond that, you know, and I learned this probably the past five years is when I've really opened my world up to, you know, removing myself from diet culture and like almost having like reprogram my brain um, into what it looks like to, you know, kind of a version of periodization where it looks like dieting is a phase and it's, it should be one that has a beginning and an end. It's not something that you just start and do until, until I hit my goal or until I can't anymore, you know, or until that wedding comes up. Um, and so when I shifted my mindset into phases of dieting, that's where I saw better results with myself and with my clients of how can we maintain their health and longevity long-term but also get those results they're looking for, you know, whether it's aesthetic or weight loss. So yeah, the, the cost of dieting too much or too aggressive. I mean, we could dive into that. It's anything from hormones um, to like resetting your whole metabolic rate to making it harder to diet in the future. Um, Greater weights of like weight regain after you diet. Like there's just so many things that can occur um, with our bodies when we push them, you know, past the limit. So, yeah, I think about, I call it chronic dieting because I think about, you know, all the women that I see and, you know, I see women all the time when they come to me and they're eating a thousand calories, sometimes less than a thousand calories a day. And they're wondering, you know, like they're killing themselves at the gym and nothing's moving and they feel so bad. Like there's no energy. They're not sleeping well hormones and thyroid and gut, like everything is just like messed up. And it's understanding the basal metabolic need of the body and what, you know, what you need there. And you're absolutely right. Like when I think of dieting, I think of, Hey, is there a medical reason for you to be on a specific diet for a short period of time? So take, um, keto diet, for example, like that was created for epilepsy. And then, you know, obviously like we know that has like could take in a complete left turn into like using and does it work for some people yeah and right now like carnivore is on a massive rise like so many people hopping on carnivore and i'm not saying don't do it if it's working for you but you really have to ask yourself like is this sustainable long term how do i feel and just because it works for someone else it doesn't necessarily mean that it'll it'll work for you so when i think of this and i teach my clients this is you got to think about what am I doing now that's going to fuel and nourish my body that makes it feel good and what is sustainable. And I do have clients that I have to, you know, they have to go on a candida cleanse because there's just no other way around it, but that's short term. Like that goes back to short term and exactly what you said, metabolic reasons. So you should never be, I don't know what you teach your clients, but I always teach my clients, like if you're going to be in a calorie deficit at some point, you need to go into maintenance to give your body those maintenance calories. And most of the time they'll notice a difference in their energy and their strength in the gym too. Cause they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I actually can lift heavier and I recover better and I sleep better. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the scale's not going down at that point in time, but that's only a period. So yeah. giving yeah. your body those things, I'm curious, like what, what you typically like to do with that as far as deficit versus maintenance versus, Hey, are we having to reverse diet? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's the shift in um, what makes a, a good coach or an okay coach to a really great coach is 
you take every person as a singular individual because we all are. And what blows my mind is like they've gone into the little macro calendars and or you know calculators and have put data in there. And it's like that stuff is so bogus because maintenance calories are really dependent on the habits you've created over time for yourself. Like you've created your own maintenance, whether it's a bad thing or a good thing. Um, so when you under eat for a long time, your maintenance has gone down. It's low. It's why you've plateaued. So maintenance is such a subjective, like we have to figure out what maintenance is for someone first. And so when I take a client on, that's a big part of our first process is like, we're not jumping into any phase yet. We're just going to yeah. figure out what your habits are, understand what your intake looks like. And then we're going to add, we're going to make adjustments to whether it's quality adjustments, whether it's macro shifts, whether it's adding food in, like you're saying, like if we find out they're eating too little, like we can't diet from there. Like, like there's no going lower than 1200. If you're already at 1200, that's bogus, you know? So yeah. it's like, we, then we have to talk about reverse, you know? And um, that was an, a newer concept to me over the past probably five years was reverse dieting. And not that everyone has to do it, but I find most women typically under eat and a lot of times protein is the first thing that they're missing. And to, like, we can't diet until protein's high enough to even like entertain a diet, right? Or like, we can't diet until your body actually feels good enough to respond to a diet, right? So it's like a lot of that first, if I think of, you know, coaching in phases, that first phase is either like a restoration phase or it's like, whether that means reversing for someone, whether that means just shifting macros, maybe they were in keto, realized it wasn't sustainable, and now we're shifting into more balanced, you know, eating. And that's a really sweet spot for me. Like, I love that time with someone because there's no stress of dieting. There's no stress of the scale. It's just how can we make you feel better right now? Yep. You know, that's the number one goal. Because if you want to build muscle or you want to lean out or you want to do whatever, you need to get to a place where you can actually respond to those mm -hmm. protocols. So that's kind of that first step for me. Oh, hundred percent. It's like, I, like I always tell people, it's like, I, it doesn't matter how much weight you lose. If you don't feel well, like they, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. So the first priority is what's your energy, what's your sleep. And, and when I was in um, the integrative health coaching school, one of the things that they taught was integrating in and what that means is when you integrate healthy habits and you bring in healthy things to help support your health, it actually naturally starts to crowd out the things that let's just say, for example, like you're a soda drinker and you're, you're drinking a lot of soda and you're like, ah, I'm, I don't get thirsty for water. Okay. So we're going to integrate some water, start integrating water in. And what that does is it naturally starts to push out some of the soda because you don't even have room for it. So I like this idea of integrating in and crowding out because it's just a natural way of focusing on, hey, what instead of focusing on what the things are that you need to cut out, you're focusing on the things that you can bring in that are helping you. And then you naturally start to crowd out the bad. Now, there is there is obviously some things to an extreme, like you have to have willpower, you have to have boundaries, you have to have discipline to say no to the things that maybe you're addicted to. If you're like, hey, I'm addicted to fast food and you're like, I can't quit this. Like fast food's one of the hardest things to kick, to be honest. And if that's an addiction that you have, you do have to set up boundaries and have that willpower of saying like, no, like I need to cut this out for 
a period of time to let my body reset. And then you're going to actually get to the place where you don't even crave it anymore because you don't have room for it because you have enough protein. Now you're satiated. Yeah. 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 The protein part is wild. Like just, I mean, I'll find myself too, if I'm not tracking, like I, I won't eat enough mm -hmm. either. And I require quite a bit. So it's like, yeah. It is key. Like if you could pick one thing to focus on food wise, eat more protein, like oh, <laughs> so it, it'll do a lot for you. And that, I mean, that you bring up a great point to that. There's definitely, you can't coach someone without understanding there's a huge emotional and mental health component to mm -hmm. all of this. Right. Yeah. Like, and so, you know, that's where coaching sessions really do become a conversation of like where they're at emotionally and what's happening. And obviously of course, there's always a space for like, they may need real help to help if there's a true addiction. Right. And so, um, it's, yeah, it's a huge process to, to break up with that stuff and really kind of reinvent yourself. So, yeah, I, um, if, if you can, so I, I was reading this somewhere where it says we've heard this before is like, it takes 21 days to build a new habit, but it can be the same thing with, um, cutting something. So if you can get yourself to have something cut out for at least 30 days, then yeah. your body may stop craving it. However, I recently learned, and I, I didn't research it myself. I just heard this. I don't know how accurate this is, but I recently heard that it can actually take some forms of addiction. It can take, like if you cut something out and you're like, hey, I'm going to have this cut out for six months. Only at the six months mark are they seeing like where the body really truly starts healing. Mm. And I was like, well, okay, that's interesting. I don't know how accurate it is because I, because I know the gut lining can actually start healing within three to five days with turnover. Yeah. However, when they're talking about addiction, so they're talking about addiction uh, programs and they said the government will fund, you know, three months if, for people to recover in drug, drug centers for uh, drug addiction but they actually need to have six months to be completely um, past that addiction and, and start the healing to prevent mm -hmm. them from going back. But if they get, yeah. so a lot of these people that are addicted to drugs, they're in there for three months, they get the help, they get clean, but it's not long enough for them to actually be healed and not want to go back to the yeah. addiction. Well, so and that, they, I mean, this certainly isn't anything I'm, I'm qualified to speak to, but I mean, at least from what I've heard from friends that are alcoholics, it's like, it's always there though, right? Like there, there may not actually be a healing point where it's gone. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's an effort daily or an yeah. effort, you know, always yeah. it's there. And I think, I mean, the same can be said for food too. Food is just as addictive. It still gets those dopamine levels going. And so it's like, it's, that's why, you know, that approach of like lifestyle shift is so important because like those 30 day challenges, those quick fixes will not last because we have behaviors that are so well embedded into yeah. what we do that like, that's the work that needs to happen. Like, why do we make those choices? If we're emotional and we're stressed and we choose to go eat this thing and then we feel guilty, it's like, we need to fix that cycle because that's going to continue no matter what happens with our weight you know it's so true so true well we got to go to our next break here but when we come back i want to dive into what we've been talking about health challenges your own experience with with some of the health challenges that you've experienced and how you made that shift so that shift 
is the next segment where we're gonna we're gonna dive into that, Britt. So be ready. Um, and okay. guys, don't go anywhere because uh, she's got. I I've already heard some of this, but I want you got you to share this with our listeners here because I think it's gonna be really really beneficial for someone that either maybe is in a similar or same situation and potentially just feeling lost and not knowing what to do. And so, Britt, you're going to be up for that when we come back. So, guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Lizzie Anz, your host on the I'm Not Fine show on the Inspired Choices Network. We often get used to just feeling fine instead of reaching to feel excellent or even good. Wellness is about feeling good, and that is a journey of continually coming back to what is nourishing and healing for us. Your body is functional and ever-changing, like a pendulum swinging. We must learn how to move with our bodies. Tuning into I'm Not Fine with functional nutrition coach Lizzie Enns will provide you with simple but effective tools that you can use right away so you can go from feeling just fine to feeling amazing. Listen for I'm Not Fine on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is I'm Not Fine with Lizzie Enns. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to lizzie at undietyourself.live. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. Oh my gosh, I was just thinking how much I'm loving this conversation. It's reminding me of our first conversation that we had and we're like, what, what are hi, what are we talking about? And then we just like dove in and this is exactly what's happening today and it this is what I love because there's so many aspects to health and wellness and everybody's journey is so different. And I loved what you said earlier is what you were talking about, like what makes a good coach when it comes to training, the exact same thing happens when it comes to overall body health and our nutrition and our diet. Like what makes a good coach is being able to look at somebody's symptoms. And for myself, like I look at laps and scans to see like what is really going on internally as well, but also just looking at where they're at in their life. And I think that that's so beautiful what you said about that, because it, it truly is like, there's no one size fits all. And we need to, in order to be a good coach, you have to be a good listener, but you also need to sort of be a detective and go, okay, like what is really going on from an umbrella view? And what, how can we help this person? So Britt, I want you to dive into your own experience with your health journey and what that has been like for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I shifted a lot of my mindset um, from sort of that diet culture, you know, mindset. Like I tried keto just like everyone else did. And like, I did see some results for a time. I was probably at 1400 calories, which I'm almost 510. And right now I'm like 185. So, I mean, that's very low for me. I was 
I was okay. I was able to sustain it for a time, but like, I also have kids. I love cake. I like donuts. I like to bake. Like it was just like, is this really going to be a lifetime thing? Um, and so I did thankfully shift out of that. Also performance did not feel great to me. Like I like to work out. I was like, nah. Um, so then I kind of I can't imagine. I can't imagine being keto and trying to like lift heavy at the gym. Like no, I just, and I was like doing like two a day CrossFit workouts. Like it was ridiculous. It was silly. Yeah. Um, just yeah. Talk about like injury. I kept getting injured. I kept. I had so much KT tape on myself. I was like the bionic woman. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. So then I met um, this phenomenal coach who really helped me understand periodization. And I think every coach needs a coach too. Like we're just. We were the same. We still need accountability. We still need someone to report to. I love having someone that can listen to all my bloating woes. Um, so <laughs> it's great, um, which I'm sure you know quite well too. So, um, but yeah, so I, I, like I said, I'll try to make this succinct. I shifted out of, of keto, um, got more into that periodization model, reversed to like 3,300 calories, was eating a ton and then dieted, got super lean, super shredded. I looked great. Um, but it was like a year long diet. It wasn't like a three month. And, oh, wow. and we worked me up so much in calories that it really didn't feel like a diet for probably half the year, you know? And I think maybe towards the end, I might've scratched 1600 calories. Like we, you know, worked, it was, it was a great diet phase. It did what it was supposed to. I, I dropped, uh, I didn't even run the whole time. It was mostly lifting. I think I went from two days to like maybe four days a week training. Wow. And I went more to the bodybuilding physique stuff and not the high intensity CrossFit. Yeah. So then again, like we said, it's that whole picture of like prioritizing sleep, you know, eating enough food, um, drinking enough water, making sure, you know, all the things were good. So that was, that was great. Loved it. I have the photos. It happened. (laughs) And then, and then. You're like, Jack did that. I've been there before. Yeah. It's so funny because like, Right now I'm in a build phase, you know? So it's like, I mean, it's, we get in our heads and we're the worst, right? We're the hardest critics. Yep. And I'm we just are. like, I want everyone to make sure that they know I'm in a build phase right now. <laughs> but um, so anyways, <laughs> that aside, so back to it, back to the story. So um, I did the cut, was great, reversed out of it. And then um, kind of was at maintenance for a good part of a year, you know, which was great. It was fine. And then I was trying to go in for another diet um, and I lost about 10 pounds in that next diet phase. And then I just hit a plateau and it was just like nothing we tried was working. And it also coincided with my daughter who got H. pylori and um, like she came home from school, was feeling nauseous, didn't feel well, didn't want to eat. Like I was like, okay, this is beyond just, I don't want to go to school, you know? So um, she had H. pylori. And of course, now I've learned a lot about H. pylori in the gut. Um, and not that I didn't, I of course knew the gut was important before, right? Like yeah. I, I knew it was an important part of the puzzle. Didn't realize how complex it was. It still is. I mean, we're still like scratching the surface with that yeah. kind of information at this point. Yeah. Um, and so um, I, I kept testing to see if I had H. pylori, came back negative a couple times. And then I ended up seeing um, my GP got some labs pulled found out I was anemic. So I had pretty low iron. Like I was, energy wasn't great either. Sex drive was low. Found out my testosterone was quite low too. Of course, my GP didn't address any, I mean, he said, take a, take an iron supplement, you know, not even a good one. <laughs> I'm curious. Then, I'm curious how low your testosterone went. Cause I've experienced that too. Do you remember what your number was? It might've been like 23 to 27. I want to say 
And then, Which, and then did they check your free testosterone too? I don't think so. And of course we'll get into it. I had to like beg for these labs, like yeah. for my GP, it wasn't even a, Oh, we should test that. Or like, I think maybe it's this. It was like, my coach was like, ask for them, request them, like do what you gotta do, get them. You know? Yeah. Um, and then my estrogen was, I mean, lowish. I mean, it was okay. I it's yeah, it's interesting. It's such a, like the lab values just kill me when you go into your GP. They just, uh, if you're well, within yeah, that range, think, they send you out, you know? Were you pretty lean when you, when you tested your hormones that time? Yeah. 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 I was estrogen, pretty, I was pretty yeah. Yeah. Estrogen's definitely going to be, if you're really lean, like your estrogen's just going to be naturally lower just because yeah. you're so lean. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I was surprised that with the testosterone, I was like, one, you know, no wonder sex drive is low, you know, yep. for me. And then two, I was like, how, like, no wonder I haven't built any muscle mass. Like I was technically trying to build, but I just, I couldn't seem yeah. to break any of these ceilings, you know? So there was that. And then, um, uh, so then the gut thing, long story short, eventually get a, G, a, a GI map test done which I highly recommend. Of course, we'll dig mm -hmm. into that too. Like if there is something up with your gut, I was bloating all the time. I left that out. <laughs> I was just like constantly bloated. Everything made me bloated. It was just like off the charts. I was uncomfortable. Um, so it turns out I did have H. pylori after all of this, after a year of trying to dig, wow. I did. So I don't know if the tests either weren't accurate enough that I was getting for my GP or if I had got it again or it built, I don't know, or built up over time. Um, so then I had to treat that, of course. And then I also went to see a pelvic floor therapist. I kind of like claimed last year was like my, I'm going to dig into everything kind of thing because I just, I hadn't, you know, I had, you have your yearly visit and maybe you see your OB with, by the way, you barely see an OB after you have your baby, right? Like, like, I think they check to see if like everything's somewhat healing after your baby. And then that's it. See, you're like the six week mark and they're like, oh, you're cleared to have sex. And, uh. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's um, you, you really yeah. want to like know what's going on down there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, so the pelvic floor, for example, was just like not something that was talked about either at my OB or before. I'd never even really talked about it much at all. Um, I think I knew kegels were a thing at some point, but that was it, you know? Yeah. And then um, I went to see the pelvic floor therapist. So I'm like, I'm just curious what this is about, you know? Cause I'm like, I'm peeing when I'm doing, you know, squat cleans and <laughs> when I'm doing jump rope. Like, is this normal? Everyone says it's normal. Um, and so she gave me some homework, which I still need to do, but, <laughs> but she's like, I think you have an umbilical hernia. I was like, what? <laughs> so oh my God. anyway, so like, yeah, last year. So I'm trying to make this succinct. It's just such a saga. So then I went and got that checked out by a surgeon, which it's like, you just go get a referral for one visit. He poked my stomach, said you had one. And then like $500 later, you know, I'm like, okay. And so he said, you know, get your gallbladder checked because the symptoms you're describing to me with the bloating and everything sound like gallbladder. And I take out gallbladders all week long, you know? So I'm like, okay, great. So I go into ultrasound, get the full thing checked out. I have like a little bit of sludge. The report seems so nebulous. It's like you have some sludge and maybe some small crystallization. So it could be leading to stones, you know, but no, no identifiable stones. And so I get a call back and it's just like, yeah, let me know when you want to schedule surgery. And oh, I'm like, red flag. Like, the, first, the first thing that he's told you about, I take gallbladders out all week is the first red flag. 
Yeah. That's, yeah. That's and hobby. so, and it's like, I, I don't want to discount, like, there are some medical marvels that occur with surgery and they're incredibly brilliant human beings and they yep. are great when it needs to happen. I just get so upset and that's what just fired me up. Um, also with my daughter and H pylori, but fired me up about like, why aren't we talking about like, what might've caused this issue with gallbladder? It's not a huge crisis at this point. Why can't we look at how to reverse it? Let's talk about what yep. can we do? What are preventative measures? And it was really just like, let's take it out. Everyone takes it out. And what kills me is I know that there's an impact to taking that out. It is not just a useless part of your body. It is there for a reason. And there is a dietary impact afterwards. And my mom, you know, is living through that now. And so it's like, I don't want to take this or I'm 38. Like, I'm not taking this out yet. (laughs) But what's crazy too, is that they could look at you and go, okay, like she's actually a pretty healthy individual compared to most yeah. But yet they're still pushing, oh, hey, let's take the gallbladder out. Like, yeah. we're a little bit happy with the knife here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just, yeah. So I, I was definitely more like, so I ended up seeing a functional medicine practitioner. And that's where I was like, this is the future of medicine. I was like, this is what it's about, where you look at everything and we talk about what can we do from a dietary standpoint? You know, is this truly a red flag? Can we wait? You know, Um and so the gallbladder is, I mean, again, not a specialist in the area, but it's, it's, it's trickle. It's tricky. I was going to say it's fickle because like you can impact your gallbladder after having a baby, you can impact your gallbladder after doing a severe diet. I mean, so it can come back and bounce back. It's not like it's damaged beyond repair, you know? So well, yeah, yeah, it's so true. Did you know that if someone has gallbladder issues, if you look at the liver, cause they're connected. And so a really, really high percentage of people with gallbladder issues, if they look at the liver and take care of the liver, the gallbladder will actually start healing and come back. So uh, most people, when they get, when they just like take that gallbladder out, it's like, well, but have you guys looked at the liver? Because they're, they're connected. There are so many stressors. We got to go to our next break here, but there's so many stressors on the body not having the gallbladder. Now, if the gallbladder is like, it's just done and it's causing constant inflammation and is literally a black little organ, like we got, we got a different story here, but if it's at a place where you were and where you're like, wait, but you guys haven't even told me how I could potentially reverse this. That's a problem. So anyway, we got to go to our last break here. But when we come back, what I want you to do is just uh, quickly walk us through sort of what your process was with healing with that. And I want you to give us give three things to the listeners, just simple things that they can start doing. And I feel like you already said that partially. Um, And I won't say what it is because I I know what it is, Uh, what they can do to start with their health journey. So don't go anywhere. You guys we will be right back on the I'm Not Fine show on the Inspired Choices Network. We often get used to just feeling fine instead of reaching to feel excellent or even good. Wellness is about feeling good, and that is a journey of continually coming back to what is nourishing and healing for us. Your body is functional and ever-changing, like a pendulum swinging. We must learn how to move with our bodies. Tuning into I'm Not Fine with functional nutrition coach Lizzie Enns will provide you with simple but effective tools that you can use right away so you can go from feeling just fine to feeling amazing. 
Listen for I'm Not Fine on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is I'm Not Fine with Lizzie Enns. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Lizzie at UndietYourself.live. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We are on the last stretch. I cannot believe how fast this hour has gone. We literally only have a few minutes left here. Um, but before we finish this off, I just want to uh, let you guys know next week's show, I'm going to uh, interview another amazing human being, Meg Connolly. And she is, we're going to be talking about going from plant based to ancestral living, which, by the way, Britt, you would be like all over that stuff too. Yeah. Um, so that's, so come back next week, you guys, because that's going to be another phenomenal show. But today, we're going to finish this uh, show out strong with. Brit, I want you guys you to share with our audience here, what did you do to heal from there? And then what are three things that you would uh, tell them to start with today if they haven't started on anything? Yeah, um, healing, I mean, to be quite honest, I'm still in the throes of it. This is all last year. So I think the biggest thing was priority one was fixing H. pylori, right? Yep. So that was like, and, you know, I had tried different, more natural ways of trying to do it throughout the year, thinking I might have had it. And it got to a point where I'm like, this is this is a place where that intervention is needed. And I'm going to take the hard antibiotics. I'm going to get rid of this thing. Because the other issue, too, is we think that the H. pylori might have also been causing other problems, which it's it's kind of gnarly. That thing, yeah, H. pylori is tricky. It, it does impact other things, possibly the gallbladder, too. Um, iron levels, same thing. So it kind of all fit as to why things were, weren't matching up. So that's part of it. And I do feel tons better, you know, after doing that and there's going to be some gut, you know, rehab after that. And yep. so part of it's taking some really solid probiotics, part of it's eating really great sources of fiber, not too much, taking it easy, you know, easing back. I did have yep. to go low protein for a while. Like it just got to a place where I just, I had to be really mindful of everything I ate and not overload the system too, which can happen if you're also in a build phase or eating quite a bit of food. Um, you know, I'm much better now for sure. Um, the, uh, umbilical hernia is to be determined. I'm sure I'll probably get a surgery cause those do not go away on their own. So, but, um, on that note, the three things I would say is, you know, with the, the hernia thing, I do think it's way more common than people probably talk about or they're not sure what's going on, like with their diastasis, diastasis recti or like with their core in general. Mm -hmm. So for women, especially prenatal pregnancy, postpartum, it's like really understanding the relationship of the pelvic floor and understanding the connection breath, understanding the things you can do before you have your baby, after you have your baby, you know, how to get back into fitness in a way, because I think that might've been why it happened for me was I had two babies pretty close together. They're 15 months apart. Um, and I got into fitness after my third pretty quickly. And I, I didn't understand what I needed to do with my core to protect it. So that, that would be for sure key. Um, and then two, I would say like take real advantage of those physical yearly physical appointments you have, you know, don't wait until you have them either. Um, but when you do go ask all the questions, bring your notepad, be that person. Yep. You did your WebMD research and like ask all that's at times for you, you know, like use it. Um, and you know, if you don't feel like you're getting the help you need, that's where I do really think a functional medicine practitioner is like where it's at because 
you're going to get the help of the whole body and also look at like, what is the root cause? Not just like, what are the symptoms, you know? So that's really key too. And, and ask for the labs. Like I just straight up said to my GP at one point, like I'll pay for them out of pocket, just run it, you know, through your gal and I'll pay for it. I don't care. I want these labs. So be an advocate for yourself. Make sure you're asking those questions. And then yeah. And the last thing I'd say that kind of ties into all this is like, really get good at track tracking your data. Like that's to me, like where it's beyond just, Oh, I'm tired because I'm a mom. I'm stressed. I'm overworked. I'm not sleeping enough. It's like, get all the data you need to really compile, like where you're at and where you want to be and the changes you'll have to make. So things like your sleep and your steps and like your mood, how you're feeling. So there's such great tools. I mean, I, love my huge watch. <laughs> like they're not the end all be all, right? Like a lot of the data we get really like nutty with, but just understanding like your body awareness, I think is really, really vital and really important. Oh, and I think oh, yeah. some people are out of touch with their bodies. Yeah. That was, that was actually a really, really key thing that you said is body awareness. So body awareness is not obsessing over your body been there done that um body awareness is being able to listen to the signals that your body is giving you now i will say this it does take time and it takes education so one of the most powerful things that you can do is if you're going to go in to talk to your doctor and you ask for, for specific things don't go in in terms of, I know better than you, but go in, in terms of education. Like if you go in educated now, there's different forms of education. Like you don't want to go in and say, like I self-diagnosed myself because a lot of doctors will roll their eyes at you and be like, well, I don't want to help you. Um, so education for me, the way that I teach my clients is like, I'm here to educate you so that you feel more in control of your health and your body. And also, if you do need to go see a doctor, now you have to education behind it and say, well, here's what I learned. Here's what I know. Please run these labs for me. Help me figure this out. Or if not, I can go somewhere else. And we have to let doctors know that we have the ability to say, I'm, I'm out and I'm, I'm going somewhere else because you're not helping me. And that that needs to happen more and more so that so that doctors do go, okay, well, let me like dive into this. So I love that. So Britt, we're at the tail end of this. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share before we close this out? We got about 30 seconds. Jeez, pressure. Um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think we covered a really good amount of information. It's just, like I said, be an advocate for your health, you know, like, and, and I think we didn't really touch on it, but, you know, do the things now that your 80 year old self is going to thank you for Yes. Awesome. Well, that was amazing. Thank you, Fred. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening to the I'm Not Fine show. Lizzie Ends returns Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, have the best week of your life by making choices that take you from feeling fine to feeling amazing.